0: Welcome to Florida. That is the voice of New York Times best-selling author and award-winning environmental reporter, Craig Pittman. My name is Chad Scott, and this week's episode continues kind of on our theme of 2022, Craig, and that's undiscovered Florida, uncovering Florida, lost Florida in in some circumstances, and, and we're talking about lost communities today. And it really got me thinking about Florida's Rural character, small town character, something increasingly uh, being eroded that a a lot of people really are not aware how rural uh, and small town this state is when you think about Orlando and Disney and South Beach and Miami and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. People think Florida,
1: they think, you know, beaches, theme parks, and they don't really think about the other stuff. But Mm -hmm. there's an awful lot of Florida. Once you get off the interstates, get off I-75, get off I-95, get off I-4. And go see places that are, you know, maybe just a little tiny dot on the map. I mean, uh, yeah. the other day I was driving up to to uh, Gainesville and decided on a whim to get off of I-75 and take 301, pass through this little town called Citra that has a little oran- roadside orange juice place that you can pull in and get yeah. fresh picked oranges and they have a, their own grove and that's part of the florida experience too. oh man yeah the,
0: the the roadside fruit stand the roadside yeah. orange juice place the roadside boiled peanut shop uh mm-hmm. up here in in north florida uh, was there a better road in america for doing that than a1a through all yeah. the beach towns at, at <laughs> yeah, one exactly. point now i, I know again that's that's jacksonville now and daytona so mm-hmm. it's it's not the way it was but uh that's but in the panhandle if you took 30a that would yeah. take you for all the little beach towns mm-hmm. in the panhandle
1: yeah and and,
0: and you know a, great places for oysters and places like that yeah. so and, and i think so much of your writing in the florida phoenix in the book and and, and everything else is about protecting this aspect of florida you know I, I like to tell people you know there's a place for Miami Beach. But there's also a place for Fernandina Beach, and that's yeah. where I live. And and Fernandina Beach is is losing that character, uh, that rural small town charm by the day. So I'm talking about Fernandina Beach 20 years ago, long before yeah. I ever got here. And 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 the rural um, farming, cattle, roadside attractions, small town. Uh, side of Florida is just being gobbled up by the development and the toll roads and the high rises and mm-hmm. and you know so much of your work is to raise awareness that you know Florida's this part too you know it yeah. it's not just about the the beaches yeah. and the theme parks well, and, and the high you, rises you
1: mentioned about the toll roads I mean the you know, every time they talk <sighs> about building uh, the north northern Turnpike extension or one of the mm-hmm. you know, the roads to nowhere. People in rural parts of Florida say, stop, we don't want you to come in and change the character of our community. We like it the way it is. We like living in a rural area. Mm -hmm. Levy County, for instance, formally voted to say, stop, don't put any new roads through. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and I'm all for growth and development when it's smart and when it's managed. But when it's planned. Yeah. Right. A thousand new people can't move to Florida every day and all get a twenty five hundred square foot freestanding home with a pool driveway mm-hmm. in a yard. You know, there's just not enough room for that. And the state parks, the national parks, the Florida wildlife corridor, this is the the part of the greatness of Florida as well. And boy, is it under attack. And if, you know, and I, I say, if we aren't careful, we haven't been careful. Uh, a tremendous amount of it has already been lost, but it, right. it remains worth Fighting for, and, and we will talk about uh, lost communities in, in rural and in small town Florida today. But first, want to um, mention the podcast as always, sponsored by the good folks at Visit Sarasota. Visit Sarasota.com. The folks at Visit Sarasota.com are sharing on their Instagram account, Visit Sarasota County. Mixon Fruit Farms, and this is known as Florida's sweetest attraction. 13 miles from downtown Sarasota, 80 years in business. It's got the fruit grove, like we were talking about, where you yep. can buy the, the the citrus right off the tree, but also Florida wine and homemade fudge and a wildlife care and education center where they take in injured animals and then uh, the ones that can't be rehabilitated and sent back into the wild animal. uh, Kids are allowed to touch them and they use them for (laughs) demonstrations and and things of that nature. So if that interests you, Florida's sweetest attraction can be found online at Mixon.com, on social media at Mixon Farms, on Instagram, Facebook, same place. And again, we want to thank Visit Sarasota. For sponsoring the podcast. And now we welcome in our guests, both of whom work at the Smathers Library at the University of Florida. Hank Young is the principal cataloger. Bridget Bim Manuel is the collections coordinator for Florida History. They recently wrapped up an exhibition at UF regarding Florida's lost communities, communities that once were and, and no longer exist. How did you come across their work, Craig?
1: Well, uh I, I have a friend who works at the at the library and I was asking him, you know, what are some cool things that you guys are doing that maybe we could highlight on the podcast and he said, "Oh, oh my god, you you've got to know about this
0: one. This is this is right up your alley." And he was right. Absolutely. So, we're going to talk about Florida's lost communities with Hank and Bridget. Hank, Bridget, thanks so much for
1: joining us today. Uh let me start off by I guess defining our terms. What do we mean when we say lost communities? I mean are they did someone misplace them or uh, are they in lost and found that, or, or what?
2: Yeah, that, 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 is, that is a very excellent question. And one of the problems that we've had is that these terms are not really defined very well. No. And we talk about ghost towns and people think of the Wild West. The ghost town is actually just a town that's past its prime.
0: <laughs> um,
2: and there's you know a lot of infrastructure. There are a lot of buildings. There aren't as many people. And so you have a lot of empty buildings, for instance. And these are ghost towns. And Detroit is considered to be a ghost town. And there's still tons of people there. It's just that there's also a whole lot of empty factory buildings. So that's one of the problems that we have. But mostly, when we first started this project, I came up with the definition, there ain't no there there. (laughs) Because that sounds highly I technical. Out, <laughs> I would drive out to these places. We have a there's a photograph I love to use. It's me standing in downtown Louise, Florida. And if you saw it, you wouldn't see Louise, Florida. You'd see a picture of me standing by the road in front of a bunch of trees. Because hmm. Louise is gone. It's, mm-hmm. it's just not there anymore. And so there is really nothing to see.
3: <laughs> right, and it's. There, there are a lot of places in Florida that are no longer there. There are some that are in the process of fading. And sometimes it's hard to determine what part of its life cycle it's in. There's some places that are gone completely. There's no physical trace left. There's others that are greatly in decline. So, for example, a city that was once incorporated, which is now no longer incorporated. But people may still live there and may have a sense of community. It's just not what it was. And then there's those other places that are on their way. For that, you know, there there may be a sign on the road, you know, has a name of this place. And people might live there, but right. there's no community there. There's no stores. There's no businesses. There's no church, no school.
2: There could have also been a large community at one time, but then a nearby town started growing, and they kind of ate the other town. And mm-hmm. so now it's just like a section or a neighborhood a neighborhood. And people who live there may not even know about it.
3: Right, there's a lot of neighborhoods in Gainesville that were once yeah. not, not Gainesville that now are. Mm-hmm. So, defining terms for this project has been exceedingly difficult.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> how, how many did you feature in, in the in the exhibit? How many uh how many lost communities what? did you okay. find?
3: Now, how many we found oh. and how many we featured are two different
2: are two different questions. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But the
3: uh but the exhibit, let's see, we had Yamato, we had
2: Oh, I'm going to say we had about a dozen. Well, we dozen, had a, maybe twenty.
3: We had that many, but we also had we had a large map with for um, one of the defunct railroads, and the, the whole purpose of showing that map was that a lot of places sprang up along railroad lines, and since the, as the, the railroads lost prominence and sort of disappeared, um, those places disappeared with them, and so we have this huge railroad map that displayed dozens and dozens of places that are no longer there. But. Right.
2: And, and just as, new, as the railroad sprang up and new places appeared, old places disappeared at the same time. And, of course, you'd also saw that with the interstate system. Right. Wow. The exact same thing happened again. So it was a nice little repeat of history there. All typical.
0: What was the largest of the communities to become lost
3: that's another good question. That's the thing about these communities as well. Uh, some of them, like I said, were incorporated towns, and some of them only ever had about 50, 60 people living there, but they were still a community with a name.
2: Right. Uh, the former the former uh, county seat of Alachua County, where we live, uh, was Noonansville. And basically, there was one railroad that was built a little bit too far east for people in Noonansville, to really use to get to work. So you had a lot of people moved away and then they built another one too far west. And at the same time, the town of Olachua sprang up. And so pretty much most of the people who lived in Noonansville moved to Alachua. And Noon's is now gone.
3: Well and they also moved the uh, the courthouse from Noonansville to, to Gainesville, which right. was on the railroad line,
2: which didn't help. But and that was that was just kind of it. Right.
3: So, so at least at that time in the nineteenth century, that was a fairly sizable community. Another example, which I actually know some numbers on, is okay. something we dealt with Ellaville, which is is it around the Swanee River, they had about a thousand people living living there. It was one of the larger communities at the time. And it's completely gone. There's very little trace of it left now.
1: You mentioned about Yamato. I, I have a vague memory yeah. of, there's a that's a kind of an odd duck among the, the lost communities. What was the what was the story <laughs> there?
2: Yes, that's a fun one. I, I I got to take a day trip down there. Uh, it's in northern Boca Raton now, but it was a Japanese community that sprang up, uh, basically the idea of being pineapple growers because pineapples were were a big deal for Florida at the time, and they they came here and. They were doing fairly well for a little while, and then they had had problems with the harvest, and then there was a world war that broke out. Yeah,
3: you might be familiar with that. Yeah. But it was one of the Florida developers, I can't remember which one, that was trying to set up this colony, and they were trying to encourage immigration from Japan, which is kind of unusual in the middle of Florida.
2: Well, yeah. it was before the war. But, yeah, yeah that it was definitely before the war.
3: Me. It was 1910s, 1920s. It was very early in the century.
2: Yeah, in the 20s. But
3: but you know, if your main crop fails, you know it's, it's it's also I imagine hard to adjust from moving being in Japan and then moving to Florida. That would be a hard adjustment to make. Different climates.
2: Uh, they they really I love the pictures because you could really tra- tell that they were trying to Americanize. You know they you know, they were learning English, you know wearing Western clothes and it was still a very Japanese community, but you know, they, they knew they're, they're here now and they were going to make their way. And unfortunately, forces were, were against them. One is of there the anything- nice things about Yamato mm-hmm. is that they were not subjugated to the, um, to the internment camps and actually just basically the local law enforcement said, you know, we don't recommend that you stray very far from Yamato, you know, stay in town. And they actually had quite a lot more uh, freedom of movement well, than the Japanese and most of the rest of the country.
3: And by that time, most of them had kind of moved away from the area. There aren't very many people left. One of the most noteworthy people who remained was uh, George Murakami. Yes. who was the longest term resident. He stayed there for a long time. And eventually, his he made his fortune, lost his fortune, made his fortune again. And he owned a lot of acreage in Palm Beach County. And he decided, I would like to donate this land. And eventually he did find a taker for it. And now that's where the the, the Morikami Gardens are. Yeah, right. A remarkable so attraction
0: in, in Palm Beach County, if anyone is, is interested in seeing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally unlike anything in, in Florida, obviously. Oh,
3: yeah.
1: And that's
0: yeah. the legacy and of this long ago community.
3: <laughs> right. You can still visit a little piece of... Of uh, Yamato by going to the the Murakami, the beautiful gardens, and I think there's even a memorial to Murakami on the property.
2: And <laughs> and uh, and there's also a a kind of stage area where there are outdoor events uh, celebrating Japanese culture.
3: Yeah, I think they have tea ceremonies there. Pretty and well, the
2: day we were there, they had uh, drummers, drumming. Oh, nice! And that was that was fun.
3: I was not there with him yeah, at right. the time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, went, I went with someone else.
3: <laughs> because that's one of the things Hank really loves to do is get, on his, get in his car, get on his motorcycle, and try to visit these places if mm. possible just to see what's sure. there. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes there's nothing.
2: <laughs> A lot of times there's nothing. <laughs> yeah. I get there and it's like, well, okay, another picture of me standing in the middle of nowhere.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> They're everywhere. Yeah. I mean, every county in Florida has places like
0: this. I want to ask you about Rosewood and Ocoee. Uh, at one point, thriving black communities uh, altered dramatically by race massacres in the early 20th century. Are, are they considered lost communities on, under your definition? Well,
3: Rosewood certainly is, but Ocoee is still there. So we yeah. haven't dealt with this. I mean, there's still a city of Ocoee, it's still alive. Right. So we have, it's not gone. So we haven't dealt with the as much, but definitely well, Rosewood's in our neck of the woods. Actually, Hank went I, out there.
2: I went out there and I took pictures. There's uh, only one, one the house building. that was there uh, at the time. And it's recently been sold uh, to the real Rosewood Society.
3: Foundation. Foundation. Foundation.
2: Okay. Yeah. Foundation. And they're going to be moving it. So yes. I got pictures of it while it was still there.
3: Right. They're planning to move the, pro- move the building. They acquired it from the person who currently,
2: currently owned
3: so. it. And they're planning to move it, I think, to the city of Archer. And they're planning to use it for a museum. Oh. There. Fascinating. Uh, yeah. Because we've so, had several of the folks who work at the libraries and some of the historians in the history department that have been working a little bit with, you know, the, the people who are trying to keep the history of Rosewood alive. So we we kind of, through association, we know some of those
2: people. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Once they move it, though, there'll be nothing left of Rosewood except the historic marker that uh, vandals right. like to shoot from time to time.
3: They do, they do, because Hank, you saw the sign.
2: I saw the sign, and yeah, you, know, you can um, see where people have you know left little dolls and you know crosses and different remembrances, it, and it, it's a little shrine now.
3: Right, and of. people people will pull off on the side of the road and take pictures. That's what
2: Hank yep, did. That's what I did. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I met a couple who. That the husband had heard of it, and the wife hadn't, and he was bringing her out there just to show her.
0: Yeah. But Impact the, of the property. the the railroads uh, coming and going, the interstate coming, crop failures, race massacres. What what are some of the other reasons for which a a, a town would have existed and, and then ceased to? Citrus industry. Um, uh,
2: well, c- industry. And well,
3: industry in general. Right. Was the industry that may have supported that. Town might have faded away for some reason
2: because a lot of these were were company towns. Okay, well, particularly ah. with
3: phosphate. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they were actually founded by phosphate companies for their needs, places for their workers to live. They're um, an area called Bone Valley, which is around Mulberry, Florida, in that part of the state, if you know Southwest
2: Florida. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and there was a couple. There was one called Brewster, and there was one called Pierce, and you went to. Pierce. You went to Pierce, I think. Yeah, and literally, they constructed all the buildings, and it was again, it was itself maybe for these phosphate mines. But as the as the phosphate mines were closing, at least I can't remember which one it was. It was either Brewster or Pierce. They sold the houses. It was to the, Pierce. It was Pierce. They sold the houses to the people who used to live in them, and those people then moved um, the houses to other places. But if you, if we actually we've been working with our map librarian. U.S. has thousands upon thousands of aerial photographs and we cool. were able to look at some photographs some aerial photographs of uh, where pierce was and you can actually still see where the house lots were from above oh, wow. it's pretty cool yeah but how important was it was
1: evidence like aerials for you for finding these places in other words what was your how, how did your detective work go
3: <laughs> well
2: we, we didn't use the aerial for that. that
3: <laughs> came in later. That came in later. Um, first we started with, honestly, we started with maps. That's the easiest way. You look at a map, say, from 1895, it doesn't matter what year. You look at it and you say, Hmm, I don't recognize the name of that place. What is that? It's not there now. And so that's kind of what starts you on the trail. And sometimes we're able to figure out what a place is. And sometimes we aren't because when it's, if the name of the community includes the word fort. Or springs, or something else. Probably there was a, you know, like a geological feature that was there. But sometimes communities sprang up around them, like the place, or like I said, a military establishment. Right. Right. And we still have places in Florida named after these military establishments. But occasionally there was also community, and sometimes it's hard to stuff out. You know, is that is Blue Springs, for example, is there people there or Fort whatever?
2: Or was this area just supposed but so they're just like office. a post office there. Across. Yes. Uh, a, a, mail, a whistle stop. Whistle yes. Was, stop. Was, there, a
3: whistle. was there a rail station there? Because sometimes there were people that lived around the rail station, obviously, and sometimes there weren't. Or some places had names. Like there's one in Alatra County called Constine's Mill. I still don't know what that was. <laughs> I'm assuming there was a mill there at one point. Get back to your original question. That's usually how we start was by looking at a map.
2: That and looking at records for the post offices. Yes. Yeah. Because there used to be a lot more post offices than there are now.
3: Yes. <laughs> it, it, a lot it was,
2: closer, well, it
3: was, it was a lot harder to get around in those days.
2: Right. It, it, could, it could take hours to go just a few miles.
3: Yes. And so there were many, many more small post offices to meet the needs of people who couldn't travel to a larger city. And to be able to have a post office in your community, you had to fill out an application. And this application had things like you had to draw a map.
2: Have, you had to have a map, and uh, sometimes you would have to come up with another name for the post office because that name was already taken.
3: Right. You had to have a name. That's the other thing. And they included the applications include things like township and range.
2: And how far is it to the nearest post office to the north, south, east, and west?
3: So at least with the post office applications, you can um, kind of map where these places were. So that, that's another way to, to get at it. Two of the easiest ways.
1: Yeah. Did and you end up ta- is, t- talking so to people who used to live in some of these places?
3: It depends what the place was. Right. Uh-huh. Some places have been gone for so long, they don't, people, you know. And in other cases, people have family members that who remember.
2: And, and, and if they find out about it, they, they love to talk about it. And this is one of the things I love about this project. With my job especially, I don't normally get out to do a lot of research. Hank,
3: mm-hmm. hey, why don't you explain to them what a cataloger is so people oh, can – I'm yeah. a
2: guy who basically – I make sure that something is findable in their in catalogs, which are you know online, of course, now, instead of the card catalogs of, of my youth. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so basically, I deal with the data. Right. I'm, I'm a data person normally. So that, that's why I love getting out from behind my computer and going to these places. Yeah.
3: And that's actually a kind of how it, how we, that's part of how this whole project got started because I work in the archives. I deal with, not with data, but with documents primarily. Right. And Hank and I have known each other for
2: a we, long we, time. We knew each other for quite a while and, and we had just been talking for years about, you know, we should we should write an article together. Oh, project. <laughs> <laughs> and then we talked about it and we talked about it and, and finally it was like okay we've been talking about this for a few years let's come up with something and something that had crossed my desk was we had digitized a newspaper from Newmansville the old county seat of Alachua County and I had never heard of Newmansville I, I
3: used, had used to <laughs> Actually, me. I have heard of Noonanville. I
2: was familiar with it and I was trying to figure out you know, where in the heck it was and I think I went to Wikipedia and like oh it's not even there anymore. And, of course, that affected my data. It's like, okay, it's not there. What is there now? You know, and I'm, I'm thinking of, of things like that. And I just brought it up to Bridget at lunch. And that's when it was like, okay, we think we found our topic.
3: I think we were having Chinese that day. <laughs>
2: I think we're at Pisana.
3: maybe it, Maybe it was. This is how long ago this was. And so this project originally was asking the question, how do you describe and a cataloging record, a place that is not there.
2: Because we have rules, and you're supposed to talk about where it is more than where it was.
3: And Hank has to tell this part of the story, because this is all Hank.
2: Oh, dear. I'm not sure what story i well, the
3: Well, like the, 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 the subject headings and
2: stuff. Oh, with the yes. subject headings, I, I'm going to try not to bore you too much, but <laughs> there are rules about dealing with cities that aren't there. And basically... If the city existed after 1500, or it was in North or South America, then we don't call it an extinct city, but we would call it an extinct city if it were in Europe, and it went extinct before 1500.
0: This and either sounds like a really bad that. Abbott and Costello routine, or like a, 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 a question for the philosophy <laughs> yes, department. Kind of
2: like <laughs> it, it is kind of like that. And I have a meeting that I go to once a year at the Library of Congress. And I was actually talking to some of my equivalents at the Library of Congress and, and, you know, why is this? And it all has to do with just how easy it is for them to deal with their (laughs) workflows. And i was like, well, that's not really a very good reason. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The only (laughs) library in the world.
3: (laughs) But he did. He did eventually figure out how to do it.
2: Yes. I I, I figured out a way around it.
3: But... It also led us to the question: Well, how many places are there? Because I I thought. It was, or or how
2: many
1: are there that aren't there? <laughs> yeah. Right.
2: I, I thought everything was going to be on the coast and just get wiped out by hurricanes. It had never occurred to me all of these other things that happened. Right,
3: yeah. and so we just started trying to figure out if we could actually say list them, and so that's how we've been essentially trying to list.
2: Places. And and one of the smartest things we did fairly early on is we went to Bridget Spock, Jim Kuzak, who is the Florida history librarian here in mm-hmm. the U.S.
3: And he's the, cura- he's the curator of the PK Young Library. And yeah. so for anybody who does Florida history research, they come to us.
2: And he suggested that we just deal with Florida since statehood. Yes, that's And, the <laughs> and he suggested we could just do Alachua County. And that made it manageable. For a while. (laughs) For a while, and then we started branching out to other counties.
3: (laughs) Yeah, because we were just curious. How many of these places are there? And in spite of myself, I I sort of become an expert. And so whenever we have reference questions that come through and they have anything to do with a place that doesn't exist, Jim just hits the forward button. He's like, you find (laughs) it. (laughs) I couldn't have any more work for myself. But as we were talking about this project that we've been working on, just trying to figure some of these issues out, I said to Hank, I had one of my brainstorms. You should always be afraid when I have a brainstorm. Sure. <laughs> I said, you know, we've been looking at all the data. You know, I turn up documents. He uses things like a GNIS,
2: which, which is the government.
3: It's a geographic
2: geographic information. I, I forget what it stands for, but it's a federal. It's a database set up by the federal government. Yeah.
3: Yes, it helps our towns. And so I said, you know, we're, we're turning up all this data, and we occasionally find some interesting pictures. And so one way that we could represent this data is visually. We could have a mm-hmm. we could have ourselves a very nice exhibit. Yeah. Tell people about some of these places and show them kind of what what they look like.
2: And it's right. just kind of exploded from there.
3: Yeah, it's it's fun wildly out of control then so,
2: <laughs> as do most but, fun but things. We have an idea. <laughs> we have an idea of creating our own database for Florida.
3: Maybe. One of these
2: days. And <laughs> You know, because we've gathered all this information, statistics from well, all these places. You know, where were they? Uh, sometimes we even have some, you know, records, Yeah. information.
3: So it's, it's a thing we want to do in the future, but it's, it's a major undertaking to create something like that. Sure. But also our map librarian has been talking to us, Carol Carol McAuliffe, who works here at US with us. And she's interested in this now, too. We just <laughs> keep pulling people into our orbit. You know, as many people as we can take in. You know, we bring them all down with us, essentially. And she's <laughs> just, just fascinated by this. And
2: we've we never we've never had anyone whose eyes glaze over. Uh, my mm-hmm. my undergrad degree was in chemistry and mathematics, and it's like anytime I talk to anyone about chemistry, you could just see the eyes glaze over. That never happened when I talk about
1: extinct cities. Well, it's a fascinating <laughs> subject. Just, what's, what's the most interesting talking? or offbeat or unusual lost community that you've encountered? Oh, you, oh, oh,
3: the, yeah, uh, the Careshans are yeah. That that's probably probably the one of the most interesting ones.
1: Oh yeah, and we, have, the Cyrus Sarah, Teed and, who said he'd be he'd be resurrected. Sorry.
2: Yes. Yes,
3: <laughs> he thought he was immortal.
2: And yeah, and I, we've seen the pictures of him um, a few weeks after he died. <laughs> so yeah, those, ain't pretty. For the, for you,
3: <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. But there, for those of you who don't know, I guess we should explain this. There's actually in Astero, Florida, which is around um, Fort Myers. Mm-hmm. This, this man who was originally, I think, in Chicago, he started, I wouldn't call it a cult, exactly. Yeah, I'd call, cult. <laughs> I'd
1: call it a cult. I'd call it a cult. We we had, we, we had fiction. I should mention, we had Lynn Milner on the show to talk about oh, her book, the, the Allure of Immortality, about Cyrus T. Yeah, and that's, when, the one that, yes. that's
3: where the pictures came from. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we have her book, and we refer to it. Yeah, he, he established, I, what's the word, like a commune? Yeah, a little commune.
2: Yeah. right little town for its people at all Right, at and,
3: and he had some very particular beliefs about the world that the Earth is a crust and mm. the universe exists on the inside <laughs> and he believed in things like um, with, were they one of the oh, people in the abstinence? Group? They're
2: definitely one of the abstinence groups. Yeah. There's a problem
3: <laughs> if you have a, there's a problem with the utopian community and abstinence
2: Yeah, it's hard to reproduce are,
3: <laughs> <laughs> Exactly
2: you, right, you constantly have to draw a new members that The Shakers,
3: yeah, the Shakers know, were
2: a, a complete essence group. And I remember when I was in grad school, and the last Shaker died.
3: Right, and so eventually they just didn't have. Well, after T died as well, kind of, yeah, the yeah. kind of fell apart, and people fell sure. away. And so that's one of the oddest and one of our favorite, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. of all the place. I mean, what well, we love Yamato. Yamato's interesting,
2: and and, and we could talk about Nunesville all day, but. Uh, yeah, I think, they, I think they get the prize.
3: weird. <laughs>
1: we're talking about Yamato and the Japanese farmers. Wasn't there another one where there were like a colony of Swedes
2: who came here to work?
3: I think so, but I don't remember where they were.
2: Oh, okay. yeah, it's right. like a, I think someone's mentioned them at some point. Yeah, now we're gonna have
3: to look this up.
2: <laughs> we are. <laughs> I, I, I just I, think I, remember reading list reading list it, I remember
1: reading about it and reading about how the the person who brought them in thought they were great workers, but the, of course the Swedes get here and they're like
0: man, this weather is terrible for us because <laughs> it was so completely different.
3: <laughs> A little Sweden.
2: different than
0: Sweden. Hank, you mentioned hurricanes. Were there any communities obliterated by hurricanes?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, lots of them on really? the around the coast.
3: But... Some of the worst damage was actually, oh, hurricane was it? 26? The hurricane of 26, the one that hit Lake Okeechobee. If you're familiar yeah, with I that think one. Was, I think it actually, was 28. I think that was
2: 28. 28, 28,
3: 28. Yeah. That yeah.
2: There was actually... There were actually settlements on some islands in Lake Okeechobee.
3: Yes, there was actually islands in the in Lake Okeechobee. Well, they weren't oh, really, really islands; they were more like they were more like spits of land that kind of, when the water levels went up, got separated from the main from the main. But land. there were
2: actually people living, living. Wow! On and
3: uh, what's the name? Rita the, and Tory Islands, I believe. Kramer, and Rita, and Torrey. Right. The Okeechobee Islands—they're part of the dike now, so nobody can live there anyway. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. But and, wow. yeah, the um, army. Corps of Engineers went in and basically took care of it.
3: Right, but you know there were some some of these smaller farming communities around the lake that just kind of after that hurricane they
2: kind of disappeared. But also the town that was was the original that place I love to go to seafood on the coast. Um, I'm trying try to remember island on the on the west coast of Florida.
3: Yeah, I know what you're talking about. You've been there, and I can't remember. Um, we're not talking about Cedar Key.
2: Cedar Key. Oh, you were
3: talking about the original Cedar Key. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah, where they had had to move the town. Yes.
3: They had to move the town, literally. So the original town site was on this
2: little, like... There was a big (laughs) mill that supplied cedar to make pencils in New York, in the factory pencil factory in New York.
3: And, well, there was a hurricane. I can't remember quite which year it was. It was in the 20s. And then they finally realized, you know, this is not such a great place for us to be. (laughs) So they had to pick up the whole town and move.
2: What little was left, because there was also a big fire.
3: Yeah, there was a lot of yeah, there was a lot of flooding from the hurricane. There was as you're right, there wasn't much left. So yeah,
2: and there was. Uh, I know early on we found one place. It's where along the coast they rebuilt twice, and basically each time they just moved a little further down the down the coast from where they had been. Yeah. It's like okay, mm-hmm. the hurricane hit here and wiped us out. Let's go a few miles here and see if that makes a difference.
3: With sea level rise, we may be doing that again. <laughs> Well, that's that's part of this whole project. Because people keep asking us, this. "Why is this important?" We obviously think this is important. One of the answers we give: Well, first of all, it tells us a lot about Florida history. What was okay. Florida like? Mm-hmm. And How did Florida get to be what it is? And we speak a lot about the successes, places like Orlando and Miami, developing and becoming major cities. But the rest of Florida is littered with dead towns. You know, oh, they, yeah. they didn't survive, and they didn't survive for particular reasons that are related to the development of these bigger places. And also, towns are going to continue to, to die as as time goes on. And one of the reasons we think is going to be because of climate change. Places are just going to disappear with sea level rise.
2: That, and of course, with increases of the population, you're going to have the towns that keep getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Swallowing. swallowing. Another interesting one is that I found there's several towns on Merritt Island. That hmm. they were destroyed basically when Cape Canaveral was built and the government went in and said we want to build a space center here and we're going to take over this land and so you had several towns that died out that way
3: they weren't very large they were like fishing, yeah. fishing villages
2: they mm-hmm. they were they were fishermen's paradises for the snowbirds
3: Were we able to more, get up
2: into the panhandle and find any up there
3: really moved up to the pandemic yet, but it's, right. it's on our list. We're, we're moving that way.
2: <laughs> we we started in Lashaw County and we're,
3: we're expanding outward. <laughs> you
2: know, what, what kind of Levy
3: County? We've done Levy, we've spoken to Gilchrist, we're working on Marion, you know, we're expanding outward. People tell us that we we're not the only people who are interested in, in these things. Right. Mm-hmm. And well, for gosh, example, no. <laughs> there's a fellow No, there's a fellow his name is Joe Dunn. He calls himself before a trailblazer. From what I can tell he's a graphic designer and he loves hiking and adventuring. So <laughs> he goes out And he visits places that don't exist and he films them Hmm. and he shows people, he tells little stories about, oh, this place was, you know, there was a mill here or whatever. And this is what's left. He's actually, he's a heritage monitoring scout with one of the, uh, the Panhandle archeological network or something. So he actually does site visits to kind of map what's still there. And and
2: yeah, he has really great, great little videos Hmm. on on his YouTube channel.
3: And he actually goes really deep into the woods to find these places. (laughs) actually Hank, Hank, won't go that deep. No, <laughs> no I, I, I,
1: you want to stay inside of the motorcycle.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Motorcycle can't go too it's, far into the. Strut. Nice you don't
2: want to get too far from it either. No, it is
3: really so nice. So, so he's he's one example of a person who does this regularly. He has a, his, his uh, YouTube is active. Yeah, and he has a website and he sells merchandise. He actually rescued a cat. Yeah,
2: so, I love <laughs> I love the video where he found the cat. Someone that mm. probably jumped in the woods.
3: And he brought her home and yep. she lives with him now. So And
2: he gives gets updates on the cat
3: now. Well yeah.
0: Last one for me. Tell tell me about the potato capital of Florida, Hastings. Oh
3: uh, that was uh, in Hastings. Hastings is neat exhibit. That's one of our <laughs> favorite places. Now to be fair, Hastings is still there. Yes. And Hastings is one of those places that sort of falls into that gray area. Because it was an incorporated town. Was it Yes, it was. It was an incorporated yes. town at one point in time, and of course, it's the potato capital of the world. There's a lot of uh, truck farming there. It wasn't just potatoes. Was the
2: potato capital of Florida.
3: Yeah. I don't think no, I no, I don't. They might have been the potato capital of the world, so it's self-proclaimed.
2: As next door to next door to Spud, then it's got to be the potato capital.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they grew a lot of potatoes there, but you know, it's faded over time. They've lost their uh, some of their market. And, and one of the reasons why potato growing was so successful here is because. At least at that time, you know, in the winter time, you couldn't grow potatoes in St. Maine, but you could grow them here. Mm-hmm. But now farming has obviously changed. There's better storage methods and things.
2: And Bridget's too young to remember when you couldn't <laughs> get certain produce at certain times of the year. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. When I was little, it was like if it wasn't that season, you weren't buying it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. it wasn't there.
3: And there were some other some other issues that caused the town to sort of sort of fade. And it got to the point where the cost of municipal services, sewer and water, was just too you know, expensive. Fire
2: department, police department.
3: And they had too many, and they had a lot of debt. And it was getting increasingly expensive for the people who lived there. So they actually, I think it was in 2017, they actually voted to not be a city.
2: Hmm, wow. You know, they disincorporated. Yeah, fairly recently. Actually. Yeah, it's not so,
3: long ago. <laughs> and um, so now they're actually part of unincorporated St. John's County. So the county covers the police and the water and the sewer.
2: Yeah, and it's certainly there. You can. I, I drove by and I took pictures of the sign. He's been there, Hastings.
3: I I pass yeah. it every time I go to St. Augustine. It's still there. People still live there. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. but it's not what it was.
2: It's on life support. It still exists, but that could change.
3: Right, and one of our favorite wow. things they actually they actually used to have beauty pageant for uh, Hastings. Yeah, uh, and they crown a potato queen <laughs> every year.
2: And we had what several a, pictures of Miss Potato.
1: <laughs> wow. <used to laughs>
3: Yeah, those are not our <laughs> photos. We don't own them. But they're actually at the State Archives in Tallahassee. So if you go into Florida Memory, which is another one of our favorite places to look for things, because yeah. they've got great support sure. for digitization, great stuff. But you can find photos of the uh, Potato Queen. The
2: potato Queen. And there was always a photo of the Potato Queen wearing a bathing suit made out of potato sacks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, usually a photo of the Potato Queen lying lounging on top of a bed of potatoes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she was photographed
3: in some way with potatoes. And uh, actually, I can't remember which one it was, but one of them died recently.
2: Remember? That was Susan <laughs> Dean.
3: Was, are you sure it was Susan Dean? Because yeah, we, we, we looked her up because we saw her photos. And, and, and we were actually
2: hoping to invite her to the exhibit. As she she now, died just a few months.
3: It was like a yeah, I think it's like two thousand nineteen or two thousand twenty, but I'm not sure if it was Susan Dean or not. Susan Dean, the Potato Queen, obviously that was the lady's <laughs> name. One of the
2: ladies.
3: We can't make this stuff up. We swear no? we love yeah. it. Uh, yeah.
2: No. Because
3: <laughs> you know most towns that have yeah, they, they've got they've
2: got they've got a beauty pageant right? supporting their one and...
3: right, usually sure. related to the form of agriculture that yeah. supports their their industry.
1: Yeah, but well, like wausau has got the Possum Queen.
3: Exactly. Right. We're a plant city with the
0: strawberries. Do they have a strawberry yes. queen. They have strawberry oh, queen yes. I'm from Louisiana.
3: There's a festival for everything. And
0: it's all got to call. <laughs> Hank Young and Bridget Bim Manuel from the Smathers Library at uh, UF are investigating Florida's lost communities. We appreciate both of your time today and sharing what you found and, and continued success on this quest of discovering uh, disappearing and disappeared Florida. Yeah, don't, don't let the ghost scare you off. Keep keep looking.
3: <laughs>
0: so, uh, Chad, I, I have to tell
1: you, I'm, I'm sorry they haven't made it to the panhandle yet, because I was really hoping they would tell us about Two Egg.
0: Have you heard of Two Egg? Well, we've mentioned Two Egg because, what was it, Faye Dunaway is from there? or, or who was Faye, it Dunaway, is, yeah, Faye okay. Dunaway is
1: from Two Egg, yes. but Mentioned that in
0: the Ashley Gang episode that, yes, for uh, the uh, Bonnie and Clyde movie.
1: Right, well, and also, supposedly, one of my relatives is the person who named Two Egg. <laughs> <laughs> really that, that, yeah this is this is family lore i don't know if it's true <laughs> there is a pitman creek nearby so oh, it's wow. possible and that supposedly this is the back during a time of uh tremendous economic distress in the nation <laughs> that my my ancestor owned the 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 two egg uh uh trading post i guess mm-hmm. or whatever it was called the general store and so because nobody had any money, they would take things in trade. Like, you know, you turn in a chicken to get a dress or, you know, that kind of thing. And supposedly he commented one day, this town's so sorry, it ain't even worth two eggs. Mm. (laughs) And that's where the name came from.
0: Well, while we we can no longer say welcome to two egg, we can say welcome to Florida. Welcome to Florida.